Okay. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me today on today's uh, podcast episode. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Elle McFeeders, Student Association President. How are you doing today, Elle? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, Leighton? Good, thanks. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Catherine Hollington. Thanks for joining us today, the campus uh, healthcare working nurse. How are you doing? Thank you. No, we're fine. (laughs) Thank you for inviting us, because a lot of the students didn't realize that we're still operational, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's a great kind of prelude into what we're going to talk about today. Would you mind kind of just explaining to our viewers um, how your office is running right now and, and how, why why are you guys still open when the rest of the schools is kind of uh, closed for access? Thank you for that question, because um, as as everybody knew, uh, middle of March, uh, big changes came into everybody's life with COVID-19 and um, closures happened to keep everybody safe and protected. As we are in the business of St. Lawrence College, uh, we were originally closed with the with the um, with the campus because we are also protected uh, Mm -hmm. with everybody else that's in the college. Um, but it was soon recognized that 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 uh, that shouldn't have been the case. And so uh, with the support of everybody here at the college, uh, we quickly um, kind of reorganized and scrambled just like all the students had to to figure out a new method of delivery for healthcare um, because we were trying to you know protect everybody, including uh, myself, um, the registered nurse here, and Dr. Simpson, who are the only two uh, healthcare providers on campus. Uh, it's just her and myself, and we're figuring out how to do telemedicine um, with the great team and support of everybody of uh, SLC's um, IT de- um, department and such. So we transitioned from um, in-house visits as was recommended by the Ontario Public Health uh, to do telemedicine, and that's what we're doing. We uh, It took about... Uh, I guess about eight business days for us to get our act together. Um, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of students didn't realize that we did reopen. So that was a kind of a, it's been kind of a slow go, but that's going to be our model moving forward until other uh, notice from uh, the public health, regional public health unit. Okay, that's great. So what would the process for a student who would need um, support look like to get from you guys? That is, um, so right now, um, all of our information on how we can get contacted is on uh, the St. Lawrence College website under the COVID tab. So for anybody that uh, misses any of my information, uh, if they want to quickly get that access, it's on the St. Lawrence College uh, main page under the COVID-19, what services are are available. Um, So what it will tell you that basically you call ahead. Uh, We do not have walk-in appointments. Of course, the whole campus is locked. Every door is locked. Anybody that does is offered an appointment um, in the clinic is uh, I screen them very diligently before we consider it uh, one of those essential visits. But uh, all they need to do is call the Campus Health Centre at our normal phone number, which is also listed on the St. Lawrence College website, um, to talk with me. And uh, we book um, a telemedicine uh, appointment, which is um, what we're doing right now from telemedicine because there's different... um, electronic devices that could be used for telemedicine. Currently, we're doing phone. Uh, We're working towards virtual application through Teams. I just, we just have to make sure that it's going to remain secure and private under a regulation uh, mandate. But right now it's phone and we're open to take those Monday through Friday, 
eight to four, we're open. And uh, Dr. Simpson um, talks to the students uh, on, on the phone, whomever needs it for prescription, for illness even, uh, but we're available. That's good. Um, so how busy are you guys right now considering everything that's going on? Well, we had compiled um, in that seven to eight business days while we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. We, uh, Dr. Simpson and myself, compiled some of the ongoing um, patient uh, clients that needed ongoing care quickly so that we could reach out to them. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of prescription renewals um, that need to be refilled with COVID-19 pharmacies are restricting the number of prescription releases that they're doing because of supply and demand concerns. So a lot of our patients will be running out of their prescriptions sooner than later. So we're having a lot of prescription renewals. Um, we're available as are our counselors in um, student wellness, which I should also mention uh, in terms of being available to help our students through any concerns mental health wise or academically as well. Uh, but we're also seeing, we're addressing a lot of students who are having a hard time adjusting to this quick changeover and this sense of uncertainty in our environment. So quite a bit of mental health support as well. That's primarily what we're doing right now in terms of busyness. And we're averaging a good number of students a day. They're, I'm booking them as we would a normal doctor's office and charts are pulled and prepared. Uh, Dr. Simpson and I are reviewing the charts before we see the, or speak to the student. So we're well prepared ahead of time so that we can ask the right questions. Um, it is a little different when you're not in front of a student or a patient when you're doing an assessment. So we, our questions are a little bit longer and the appointment times are a bit longer as well, just so that we can capture everything we need in order to provide the best care. Great, right that's awesome. So you mentioned um, the counselors. Would students contact the same way? Like, would they contact the health center to get connected with the counselor if they don't already have one? Um, how they would access their def most definitely can come through the campus health center if they need to, but they have their own direct line, and that is also on the St. Lawrence College website under the COVID um, tab to find out what services are available. Uh, they are accessible. We have the same number of uh, counselors that are there to help support the students through their mental health, there's, you know, situational struggles, but that's how they would do it as well. They would follow, if they've already been connected with a counselor before the shutdown, they would have access to that counselor's email and that would be a point of contact. If it's a new student who hasn't used our facility or service yet, um, then they can find all that information on the St. Lawrence College uh, webpage. Okay, that's great. Good. Um, so Catherine, are you in contact with any friends or coworkers um, down at the hospital or a hotel Jew or anything? What's what's kind of the the mood or kind of the atmosphere that your your friends and coworkers might be feeling right now? Well, we're we're coming from different sectors, uh, Leighton. So uh, we all have the same um, sense of responsibility and how to protect everybody that we want to care for. We do it differently in different sectors. So from Mars is a primary care provider. Um, it's a little bit different than what they're doing down in a hospital where people will walk in. Um, with potential symptoms or what have you, we're in a, in a private sector like we like in a primary care sector. We're able to um, do all those screenings and not necessarily put ourselves at as much harm's way as our other frontline workers. So, um, as nurses, 
uh, and I think in general healthcare providers, we go to work whether uh, there's a crisis like COVID or not. And um, I think this our, our, what we have that's collaborative between all of us, regardless of where we're working, whether primary care or in hospital is that we want to do the best we can for our patients um, and be accessible. And then that means that we have to do things differently by making sure that we stay healthy so that we can come to work to continue looking after those people. So I think that's the mood that everybody is on and they, I hope they go home just as I do and rejuvenate very tiring because we we do use our PPE here uh, between the staff, like even Dr. Simpson and I do between the two of us to make sure that we keep each other healthy because we do need to come to work and look after our students. Um, I would have to say, I would, I would think that people are starting to get tired of wearing the PPE and it, it takes a lot more steps just to get the normal job done and um, have to, redefine and refine our assessment skills because we're doing it through so many barriers that that can be tiring. Um, so I think that that might be uh, a common mood or infliction that this whole crisis is having on the healthcare sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems to kind of kind of be the feeling amongst um, at least my family and friends. Um, people are kind of getting tired of this, but it's just important to remember uh, we're not through this yet, and uh, to hear that echoed by healthcare professionals, I think carries a lot more weight than people on Facebook or social media. All that it's kind of it's stuff. it's very very true. Uh, we are getting tired, but we are also getting very optimistic um, when we listen to our regional public health unit and the governments, you know, and we're 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 hearing on on, you know, CBC News and from reliable sources that uh, you know things are looking. Uh, more optimistic, but that's because we're doing everything right. We're following what the guidelines are doing. We're listening to public health and all those uh, media outreaches to continue with the the um, the physical distancing, um, staying home if you need to, as long, and that is the most important thing we need to be doing. Um, despite that kind of elevated mood a little bit to think, oh, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And there certainly is. We have a lot of people that are working really hard towards that goal. But from our students' point of view, it's really important to continue what we're doing by staying at home, staying safe, uh, the physical distancing. Um, you know, it's very important to continue that. For sure. I definitely agree. What so with that being said, what is your perspective on some of the newer announcements that are coming out with some of the lifts um, for like retail establishments and different businesses and things like that? Um, again, I'll just uh, reiterate what I what um, the public health of Ontario were saying when they make these decisions. Um, I follow what they say um, with regards to um, you know even though they might be lifting some of the, the restrictions that the, the, oh, the reason they're doing that is because things are a bit more optimistic, um, but it can revert back to uh, the original situation if we're not careful with following the guidelines of um, hand washing, physical distancing, staying home. Um, all those um, decisions to lift restrictions are not saying that we stop doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. we're, that it's, it's if we keep doing that, then then those those uh, restrictions will, will can stay off. You know, like mm -hmm. it's very important that people realize that we're still in the midst of this. It's not gone away. It's 
it's going to be a long time before it's gone away. So we have to be yeah. very careful to keep ourselves and everyone we love and care for safe by following um, the Public Health of Ontario's guidelines. Yeah, Catherine, going, uh, continuing on that, um, would you be able to maybe share some of those guidelines with us? I know um, there's maybe a little bit of gray area out there. Um, are things such as um, having a friend over for a beer in the backyard, are those kind of things allowed? I mean, what, what would you say um, are people able to do um, to kind of help alleviate this while um, maintaining these guidelines? So again, I reference everybody right back to our regional public health unit, which is the KFLNA public health unit. They have a wonderful uh, informative uh, site that talks all about those uh, really gray areas about what's essential, what's not essential. And I think that if anybody is wondering what they can and cannot do, um, that they should go and read it for themselves. Because as most messages, as we know, we hear from people on podcasts or on the CBC News or anything, um, it's always open to uh, interpretation. So um, my recommendation and what I do and what I say with to people that come in my in my circle uh, through my patients is I let them know that there is a reliable resource out there. It's KFLNA Public Health Unit uh, or and a lot of the other regional public health uh, units as well, whether it's Toronto or Ottawa or the government of Canada, they really, really answer those questions as, can I have my friend over for a beer? Well, go back and look at the resources, read what they're saying, because you don't know where that friend has been or who they've been in contact with. Uh, there's a risk factor in that. Uh, you know, has that friend been outside of Kingston or have are they healthcare providers? Are they as serious about uh, maintaining physical distancing and staying home and staying safe? So there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of resource out there that can you can uh, a student, one of our lovely students can actually go and make that decision on their own uh, with the resources that are available through the uh, Regional Public Health Unit here in Kingston, which is KFLNA Public Health Unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think uh, I think it's important to remember um, and what I'll just kind of summarize here is even though there may not be many cases here in Kingston, uh, as you said, we're not anywhere near close to this being over. So um, it is important to refer to those guidelines and uh, I'm glad that you kind of mentioned that. Um, so Catherine, do you um, you probably aren't dealing with any COVID-19 patients at, at the college, but my question for you, are you still feeling adequately, um, I guess, protected? Do you guys have all the information and equipment that you guys need to to handle something like that in, in case somebody who was infected was to come into the health center? Or um, would that just be an immediate send them down to kind of KGH type of thing? Well, great question. So our community has done a really great job in publicizing what the signs and symptoms are. Uh, the Ontario government put out that self-assessment tool way back a couple of weeks ago for students and, and population, but we're talking about our students, um, can actually go and do their self-assessment so that they would avoid even attempting to come into public into hospitals or into uh, their family doctor's offices, which are all closed down. Our testing center is here in Kingston at the Memorial Center, which is downtown on York Street. Um, and um, 
uh, from that point of view, sorry, Leighton, I got a little sidetracked there. Um, but in terms of uh, what, uh, what we see here, uh, or what we don't see here, every, I think that because our community has done such a great job and uh, the messaging through uh, our, our online programs, like our online um, website here through St. Lawrence College and to all the media in Kingston, I think what ends up happening is a lot of our students, uh, if they were concerned, they would go right down to that testing center and um, and have those uh, that assessment done there. I hope I yeah. answered that. Sorry about that. No, that was good. I, I do believe as well, um, I think it's the KFLA Health Center that you would call if you think that you might have symptoms as well, like rather than calling um, your doctor or a walk-in clinic, that kind of stuff. If you feel like you have symptoms, you would first call them. So it happens, yes, Al. So what, what uh, um, all of our uh, healthcare providers in Kingston have uh, included in their voice message system um, all those steps to take, uh, including the one that we have here at the Campus Health Centre. It is lengthy. Unfortunately, everybody trying to get a hold of their health provider has to listen to all the same directive. But uh, I mimic uh, which the KFLNA Public Health Unit has suggested that we stay on our phone uh, message system as with others is where to go if you're concerned with the illness, uh, who to call such as Telehealth Ontario if it's after hours, where to go um, to get tested during hours, uh, how to contact our Regional Public Health Unit. All that information is on our telephone message system. And as you mentioned, Elle, uh, KFLNA Public Health Unit has also a phone line that um, isn't as informative. It's great, it has all that same information, but their website has a great information, everything you need to know in terms of what's here regionally. Okay, that's great. That's good to know for students for sure. Yeah, um, so Catherine, um, in our pre-interview, we kind of talked about maybe sharing some things with students, um, some tips, some tricks to kind of remain healthy during this time. Um, what would you say would maybe be some of your uh, biggest pieces of, of advice to kind of get students to get into a proper hygiene routine right now? Um, so I'm, I'm very pleased to be off, able to offer that because that is the, that is the one area that um, now that school is over and exams are done and lot, well, for most of our students anyway, I know we do have the spring and summer semesters and students are still struggling, uh, but it is hard that, that once that distraction is gone is what do you do with your time? Um, and that can cause a lot of stress and a lot of mental health and issues and a lot of isolation. So number one, what Dr. Simpson and I have been reiterating a lot is to try and stay in a good routine. Try not to interrupt your sleep pattern when there's very little demand on you um, because of school being done and of course nothing outside that's open that can keep you interactive. It's very easy for people to slip into not getting out of their pajamas, not eating properly, not going outside, sleeping when you're getting bored or have nothing else to do. Um, but in times like this, it's really important to try and keep those habits and those routines in place. Um, get up, uh, eat your breakfast, get out of your jammies, get outside, get some fresh air. I mean, yes, the, the the conservatory areas are now open uh, for people to walk through, uh, minding the social distancing. So to get outside, to get some fresh air, get some daylight, um, 
see people when you're walking with the social distancing, recognizing there are other people out there. When we talk about hygiene, uh, I think that is the most important um, thing to focus on is to get up, shower, get out of your jammies, get outside, get some sun, sun, some sun uh, try and keep that routine going um, because it's a very stressful um, time this big scramble and and the isolation and not being able to see our family and our friends um, because of you know respecting uh, safety can cause a lot of um, isolation sense of isolation and make people really sad so getting outside and moving your body and getting that fresh air and getting that exercise will keep the mood higher and uh, keep the spirits um, up as well yeah, yeah so it sounds like uh, mental health is just as important as physical health in kind of combating this um, as a group as a people um, how have you and your family kind of been dealing with this and coping any um, any kind of issues there well, I'm, I'm sure as, as same as yourself, Al, and uh, Leighton and everybody else, we've been, uh, you know, been strictly isolating. We have, I have my family unit that live under the same roof and we have been dealing with each other. I have to say I'm very happy to come to work every day, um, <laughs> not to mention because I love what I do and I want to be here uh, and be accessible to the students, but also because I think my kid and my husband would be driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> we're doing we're doing the best thing we can do as well. I mean, when I, when I leave the house, I suggest uh, my daughter do some extra cooking and my husband to go into the workshop. It's not easy. We're, we, you know, we, we talk about it. Um, and every gown again, like everybody else, we start thinking, you know, oh, maybe we'll just, you know, maybe we'll just go and do this, you know, and then we look at each other and we think, mm, no, remember. So, um, no, it's it's been hard for, for, that's the same as everybody else. Isolation has been very difficult when Dr. And Simpson and I come in to the college, it's very quiet. There's mm -hmm. nobody here. Uh, there's kind only one door that the student could actually come into if there is an actual in-house appointment that's required. Um, so it, uh, it's, it, it is, it's, it's isolating, it's sad, it's not what we're used to. We're very social, humans are social, we're, we like to be around our friends and it's been hard. But I think the, um, the means of electronic devices, I, I think, has helped quite a bit. Uh, where you can do some FaceTiming and, and the Teams meeting and such and see people. So um, I'm really grateful for that. But no, it's been it's as hard for me as it is for everybody. Um, I think people need to know that everybody is feeling the same thing. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely echo, I mean, the majority of what you said. If I didn't stick to my routine, I would probably be going crazy. Like you said, I would just be sleeping. So that's been really helpful. And being in a full house with other people is just... At first, it was nice. Like we all played board games and did everything like that. But now we're all kind of getting to the point where we're almost sick of each other. Yes. <laughs> so we'll all yeah. just kind of go on walks by ourselves, or just um, you know, kind of even distance a little bit, and then come together when we're all like in a good mood. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Facetiming all my friends definitely helps. And I think it's I think it's uh, a good thing, Al, that you brought up as well, similar to my own household, is it's all right to give each other, give yourself permission to say, I can't be around this person anymore <laughs> right yeah, now, yeah. and to, to communicate about it. Because if you're living in a household that's larger than yourself and, and one partner, um, you know, tensions can rise and, and irritations can develop. 
So I think it's important that communication in this kind of situation is um, is important to keep those relationships strong and to give each other permission to say, okay, I need a timeout. You, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to my room now <laughs> before I say something. Um, you know, to recognize that that is very normal, very human. Yeah. For sure. And and like you said, too, we're all in this together, right? Like there's right. everyone is going through the same thing. So it's not like you're on your own. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Catherine, is there any kind of sense of frustration amongst um, you and your coworkers from, I guess, the just the general perception um, in the public that this is kind of it's being seen as more of an inconvenience right now. And I hate to use that word because it's a global pandemic, but um, what is the general feeling of the of the nursing nursing body, I guess, towards that that sentiment of the public? Is it is it just kind of frustration or or is there understanding there? Um, I can't speak for a lot of the frontline workers because it's like I said before, it's I, where I am is very different than what my my colleagues would be dealing with in an emergency room or an urgent care setting. Um, from my point of view, um, I. I I, I don't, I'm not frustrated. Um, I guess I could say I could get frustrated if I find people aren't, you know, or if they're, if people are becoming a little less uh, diligent or, or becoming complacent with the, you know, the social distancing and, and maintaining that, you know, strict safety, I guess that would, would be what I would be frustrated with. But from my point of view, I think that uh, from other, the outside of frustrations, I think people are, are just getting tired, like, and I don't think that it's, um, I don't think it's anything but just, you know, being, maybe feeling tired, uh, you know, that that would be it. Uh, I think that from my point of view, I listen to what's being broadcasted, you know, from our, our PM um, when, when Prime Minister Trudeau does his announcements and I hear all the help he's giving people and, he, you know, I, I think the our governments are really engaged with the public, and it, and I get optimism when I listen to that. I think our, I think the healthcare sector as well. But I have to say, um, I am not, I can't comment on what it's like going into work and not having enough PPE. Um, that's not my environment. I'm very protected here, where we have our supplies. We, I have the support from um, uh, everybody at St. Lawrence College, so I can't really speak to my colleagues. But, I would imagine going into work wondering whether you have enough PPE or you have the right support would be more than frustrating. It would be more it would be more scary than frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we kind of get into May here and the nicer weather, um, there was maybe some comments uh, by the premier that things could be open up by the May long weekend. Um, I guess my final question for you is what kind of, I guess, advice would you would you kind of impart on our viewers to kind of just get through these next couple of months? Well, again, I'd go right back to, um, you know, following the guidelines, listening to reliable sources uh, with regards to what is true and what is not true. Uh, it's really easy to uh, glean what you want to hear out of messages and then adjust your behaviors accordingly. I think that it's very important to stay true to the the guidelines that have been uh, dictated to us or you know expressed to us by our regional public health unit and the government of Canada in as an overall um, messaging system to uh, really stick to what they're saying. May two four weekend um, 
I mean, I can imagine myself thinking, oh, what do you think being around people? But honestly, again, it's physical distancing, the number of people per the group. I know there's a lot of talk about that, but um, really I think the what I would recommend and, and uh, before engaging in anything outside of what you've been doing with COVID-19 is revisit those uh, resources uh, through the Regional Public Health Unit KFLA to see if there's been any changes in, in approach uh, and behavior because any uh, diversions from that, any, any movement from what we were doing uh, can bring us right back to square one. So, uh, and the best place to know whether or not that that's a possibility by our behavior is going to our regional public health unit. They update that every 24 hours. Awesome. Um, well, I'll be sure to put some of those links that you mentioned at the bottom of our YouTube video here um, so that we can share that with our viewers and our students. Um, but I guess, I guess that kind of covers everything I was hoping to talk about today. Elle, did you have any final questions? No, I just want to say like really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and sharing all of the knowledge and information that you have with our students because I know a lot of people are still kind of in the unsure zone. Uh, we always share those resources and things like that, so we'll continue to do so. And yeah, thank you very much. Oh, that's great. So, yep, I guess the best resource, I would, like I mentioned, Leighton, is the KFLA Public Health Unit for our community approach and anything that the students require from support point of view is right on our website. And of course, um, uh, Glenn Valkenbreg, of course, puts out his, uh, his news uh, feeds too. And just I encourage the students to keep an ear out to what's happening uh, through our college uh, communications and through our regional uh, public health unit. Awesome. Well, thank you both for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, and Catherine, um, our sincere gratitude to you and the rest of our the first responders and frontline healthcare workers. Thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. You too. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.